hip hop shit. Dr. D.R.E. Rose and Jay. Let's get them. We started out mopping floors. And now we front row at the awards. Number one for the last 20 years. If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers. Motherfucker, scream cheers. And it is what it is. Welcome back to another episode of the Three Kings Podcast. It's your unfriendly neighborhood podcast providing news, politics, and opinions with a uh, hip-hop flair to it. I'm your gracious host, T-Serve. So welcome back, guys. I want to introduce you guys to uh, my two very distinguished uh, co-hosts. First off, let's start with uh, Black Rob, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, studio audience. Thank you. Thank you very much. What's going on, Black Rob? I'm doing good, sir. How are you? Good, good. Better than you, your, your, your Bulldogs are losing. Well, actually, it's tied up, but it should be blowing out Missouri. That's pretty much a loss. Yeah. I mean, you're the number two team in the country. Like, come on. Oh, well. Well, well, well that's Georgia for you, you know. Georgia going to do that. Atlanta, Georgia, they all going to do that. Uh, so, I want to also introduce you guys to uh, my second very distinguished co-host. He's your favorite mass hole. It's T. Black, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on, people? What's up, T. Black? Chilling, chilling, chilling. How's Brooklyn? What's going on with y'all? Brooklyn, good, man. You know, yeah. cloudy day, but you know. Okay. Another day. Right. Another day I'm above ground. <laughs> that's, that's a good day, I guess. It's a great day. <laughs> I guess you have low standards. I mean, I guess that makes it a good day. That ain't low standards. <laughs> to be able to see another day is a privilege, man. Now everyone woke up this morning. Thank God for another day. Thank okay. God I'm morbid and shit. Now I'm just waking up. <laughs> Ice Cube said it best, you know? It's a good day out here, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, what's been going on, fellas? Uh, shit, I've just been, you know, chilling this week. Uh, when it caught a movie, uh, the new Malcolm Moore movie last night. Wait, oh, what's, what movie was it? Uh, Fahrenheit 11.9. Oh, really? What's, yeah. it, what's it supposed to be about? It's just uh, the state of the country, Trump, uh, <laughs> you know, the election. Just, it was really well done, though. Really? Yeah, okay. It's a fantastic film. Probably the best it's done since um, Fahrenheit 9-11. Really? Yeah. That was um, a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it, man. He was going at everybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Obama. Really? Trump, mostly, but, yeah. Okay. Right. About being partisan, yeah, and and the uh, the democratic establishment, you know, um, mm. for their fuckery. Mm. Um, <laughs> but the, like the biggest villain in that movie is Rick Snyder. Oh, really? The, the governor of uh, Michigan. Oh, because of Flint. Mm. Yeah, the yeah. shit that he did in Flint, man. I don't know why they not pay like close attention to it, but <laughs> it a real you know life, why? He's a real you know life why? villain, man. You know why? You know why? He's, you like know a, why bond, he's a Bond villain, huh? Yeah. He's you know why? He's like oh, a, he's like a Captain Planet villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He's dastardly. Damn. But yeah, man. I recommend that movie, man. Is in the theaters or do you see it at home? No, it's in the theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. I'll check it out then. I'll check it out. What about you, T Black? What you been up to? Ready for another podcast, man? <laughs> short I said and, it already. I'm short chilling. and concise. Let's get to it, man. I'm good. Everything good, man. All right. Yeah. For, <laughs> for me, um, I'm having. I told Black Rob earlier. I'm, I'm having surgery uh, on Monday. I got this like cyst in my wrist. I'm, I'm getting get removed. I got like fucking quado. Like 
like growing out of my fucking wrist and whatnot. So I'm getting the getting that shit taken out. I mean, it's no big it's no big deal, but I mean, still going through under general anesthesia. So that's always a little a little scary. But yeah. oh well, yeah. we'll see what happens. If not, see you guys on the other side. <laughs> and I and I was morbid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought it up. All I said today is a good day. <laughs> Talking talk, talk, talk about being six feet under and shit and whatnot. All I said is another I fi- day above I figure, I, I figure I continue the conversation. Yeah, it's something oh. like a mobster was saying. Hey, Tony, how you doing? You know, every hey. day above ground is a good day. Hey, I'm not sleeping with the fishes, so everything good over here. Everything good over here. Everything's gravy. <laughs> Nah, man. But I hope that goes well for you, man. The procedure goes well, though. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, so you, so you guys uh, ready to get these mathematics? Let's do it. Do it. It's mathematics. Mighty most depth. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. I'll revolve around science. What are we talking about here? Mighty most depth. That's right. Simple mathematics, where we talk about the uh, news and events uh, going on around the country and around the world. So first off, we're talking talk about uh, Brett Kavanaugh. So uh, uh, on July 20th, um, Brett Kavanaugh was uh, nominated uh, to the Supreme Court uh, to uh, replace uh, Anthony Kennedy. Um, on September 16th, after the ac- ac- accusations were made widely known to the media and reporters starting to track down the identity of, uh, of uh, his uh, accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, she went public with her allegation that Brett Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted her when both were in high school. Uh, she told the Washington Post that with another boy watching, uh, Kavanaugh, intoxicated, held her down on a bed with his body grinding against her, groping her, covering her mouth uh, when she tried to scream and pull her clothes off. Um, uh, she recounted uh, escaping when the second boy jumped on them both and they all fell. Uh, Ford provided the post with uh, the polygraph as well as uh, session notes from her therapist in 2012, and her husband also recalled that she uh, that she had mentioned the incident as well. Um, so Ford's attorneys uh, sent a letter to the uh, Senate Judiciary uh, Chairman Chuck Grassley, uh, requesting that the FBI re- investigate the incident before the Senate holds a hearing on, for- on Ford's allegations, uh, saying that it will ensure that the crucial facts uh, and witnesses in this matter are assessed in a nonpartisan manner and that the committee is fully informed before conducting any hearing or making any decisions. Uh, Ford's attorney, uh, Lisa Banks, uh, Lisa Banks uh, said that she will talk with the committee, and it was just breaking news that uh, she will meet with the, uh, the Judiciary Committee, um, although they haven't said when. Uh, it probably won't be Monday, but it'll probably be later later this week so but mm. so uh what do you guys think about this well first of all it, this is obviously a pull your dick out segment so brett kavanaugh he's a good rapper out here <laughs> i didn't know he's from the a so what, what do you guys think about this man i mean you know, I'm glad that she's going to testify, <clears throat> but, you know, they still are refusing to, well, I know the last I heard they were refusing to uh, hold off of the investigation until, I mean, the hearing until FBI conducts an investigation. So I don't know if that's still the case or not. Um, it doesn't seem like it, because, I mean, based on um, 
the news that just that literally just came out like literally a minute ago. Um, it's uh, the uh, she's agreed to cook to testify, and there's no way that the FBI could like um, have an, any kind of investigation that quickly. Yeah, it would take months. Yeah. Um. So I mean, there it is. Um, the Republicans, you know, what I mean, what do you say about them? The the party itself and and the voters, you know, they they defend. Like Kavanaugh is a run of the mill uh, federal judge, right? Like they've wanted somebody who's a conservative ju- judge. I'm sure they could find one in D.C. Right? They could drop this guy, no- uh, nominate another guy, and still get him through before the elections. True. Um, but you know, they love defending scumbags and potential scumbags. You know, starting with Trump, the chief pussy grabber, pussy grabber in chief, Roy Moore. A serial pit pedophile assaulter, um, you know, they just they don't have any decency or they don't even care about optics, you know, because they know there's no, they will not be punished by their voters, so they don't they don't care. That's the party. We, that's one part, you know. That's the party that we have, the opposition party. Whereas like Al Franken was gone. Bill, Bill Clinton wasn't. Yeah, I mean that was twenty years ago. Right, I mean, in this environment, you would at least think like the Me Too environment. You would want to just not have anything to do with, you know, any accusations, sexual accusations. But hey, what do y'all think? Yeah, typical Republican fuckery and double standards as usual. You know, I mean, definitely right now. You know, you have people when they're accused of anything, they they resign, they you know let go. I mean, we've seen it in Hollywood. We see it just in, you know, everyday, you know, stuff going on in this environment. But with the Republicans, they make exceptions. There's always an exception for them. You know, you, they went ahead and said, up oh, it with Roy Moore. Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, pedophilia, oh, who cares? You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you're looking around, especially the, the um, evangelicals. Mm-hmm. They're not even in uproar, which is killing me, right? So you know, it's it's just funny just to see how when whenever the rules need to be applied, and because they're the, they're the party in power, it just doesn't apply to them, but to everyone else, you know, it 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 applies. So it is just the bullshit that they're doing right now, man. As a party, and hey, it's what they wanted. Yeah, on the heels of that, I mean, it's it's kind of funny to me that you had a lot of uh, right wingers who were like basically lambasting uh, um, Weinstein. Um, and you're talking about how he's a, a democratic, uh, you know, um, a democratic uh, sponsor and everything, and they, they wanted like you know uh, investigation and ousted and all, all this stuff. And he's not even a politician. But I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to like you know Trump, you know they and base and basically anybody else, um, then they're perfectly willing to just like turn the to turn the other way and like let the shit slide. Especially you know given the urgency of. Uh, of what they're trying to do, they they want to get Kavanaugh in there uh, before the uh, the midterms. Mm-hmm. So because I mean obviously, obviously there's there's a chance that um, the uh, Democrats might take over the take over the Senate. It's possible. Um, so um, and if obviously they do, then Kavanaugh's well, there's a there's a, a pretty good chance that he won't get confirmed. I won't say that that he that he w- definitely won't get confirmed because obviously you have fucking uh, um, Mansion and, sh- and other fuck, fuck up, fucked up Democrats. In there, but there's a good chance that, that he will, that he won't get con- get won't get confirmed. Yeah. Um, oh, and, go ahead. And the way they're trying to rush this is like yeah, that's what I was gonna you say. Know, November yeah. is the election, but they don't take office till January. Yeah. So mm. I mean, like, so it's just it's it's just bullshit, man. And 
you know, they they've just resigned themselves to be complete assholes, man. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I don't think I don't think they can they can um like confirm somebody like in between like the the end of the uh between the election and uh and the uh the, when uh, their the new senator senate the new congress takes over, I don't think, right? If there are no rules, specific yeah. rules, the Republicans will try to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And get they, any they, last business they can get done. All of a sudden, too, right? Because you know they, you know, while they were in power, they would go on break like it was nothing, you know, and leave, you know, and just leave the budget in, in flux and shit. So they, they're just crazy, man. They're just crazy. They, I've never seen their politics have been flipped on its head with this party. They, they're just doing the most right now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but I, I'm not even sure if whatever whatever comes out of this, if like any Republicans would even like. Dare to not not vote for Kavanaugh, no matter what, no matter what happens. Even like you know your Susan Collins and you know other Republicans who are and Murkowski. Jeff Flakes, yeah, yeah, Murkowski, yeah, that's true. Uh, maybe I'm not even sure if like a Jeff Flake, like somebody who, and a and a Corker, people who are who's gonna get the fuck out anyway, mm-hmm. so they they don't give a shit if they would even be willing be willing to do that. I'm not sure, honestly. I doubt it. It probably depends on like on like how how bad the testimony is, probably. And and and, mm-hmm. and the, the and the reaction that people people have to it, but think about it though. Even when Anita Hill did it, you know, over twenty some years ago, you know, was it um, maybe thirty? It, you know, it, that was pretty, you know, graphic and pretty, you know, lewd and shit. But nothing happened with Clarence Thomas. Yeah. So I don't even think I don't even know if that will matter. You know, whatever her testimony is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just they just lack it in any decency, like. Especially when um, the two Republican women in power don't, you know, they're not even balking at this. Like, uh, we'll see, you know. Right, right. That just right. shows you if the two women in the, in liberal, you know, I guess the most moderate of the Republicans, if you know, if they're not, you know, protesting and say, you know, <laughs> that they. That there's no just, hope. Yeah, man, there's no hope. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like they like they would they would, but I mean, I, I guess we'll see. I think probably a lot of people that they would like um, try to act like because it happened in high school, then it doesn't matter, that kind of thing. Oh, he was only seventeen. Yeah, he was only seventeen. He was whatever. Come on, guys, he was only seventeen. Attempted uh, rape. I mean, who among us hasn't? You know, <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> Meanwhile, if it's a fifteen-year-old black boy, burn him. Shot by a cop. Or burn him. Rape. Burn him. You remember the kid in Georgia? Yeah, you know, right. Yes. You know, they they let them they let their accusers lie in court, and that was statutory rape. It wasn't even yeah. real rape, you know. Right. His girlfriend was like, wait, wait, wait. "I wouldn't say that." But, wait like, a minute. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm saying like statutory rape. Like the boy, the boy was like 17. His girlfriend was 15. I would, I would just not, not say real rape. I would, right. Right. Okay, that's. Okay, that's okay. great. Yeah. Well, great. He, he's, back, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Just when you thought he was gone. Let me clear this Whoa. up. Let me clear this up. Please do. You know, if you're an 18-year-old boy and uh, if you're a senior and your girlfriend is 16, they make allowances for that in the law in most states, right? Because exactly. they're both kids. They're very close in age together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it often, does the girl or her parents have to consent? I forget how that works. I don't even know how I, uh, I think I laws there's certain there's laws in certain in, in, in uh, most states where they say they allow right so it's not a creep who's like 30 going out with a girl who's 16 yeah they're saying that you know they're basically the same age group mm-hmm. 
was mm-hmm. like, oh, they should have put him in like that teen group of 18, 16, or whatever it is. Because technically, 18, I know. 18, yeah, no. Yeah. So because not, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Well, I guess we'll see what happens uh, this week. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the I'm sure the, the testimony will probably start uh, sometime this week. Um, but we haven't heard anything definitively, so. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. So next off, um, we have the, uh, the tariffs on China. So uh, the Chinese government uh, said late on Tuesday that it would impose tariffs on U.S. goods worth $60 billion following the Trump administration's announcement that it was hitting $200 billion worth of Chinese goods with new tariffs. The U.S. tariffs started at a rate of 10% before rising to 25% at the end of the year. Uh, they come into effect on September 24th and will apply to thousands of Chinese products ranging from seafood seasonings and baseball gloves to network routers and industry machinery parts. So, what do you guys think about this uh, escalating trade war? Damn. <laughs> seafood seasoning? They, they, they better not touch Old Bay. I mean, that really <laughs> got out of hand fast. Are, yeah. you, are you lobbying for Old Bay now? <laughs> Oh, that's, a, that's a great season, man. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> this whole thing is like, you, you have to wonder, it's like, what, you know, you have, to, you have to ask yourself, what does Trump want, right? So, he said that he wants China to stop three things which are a major component of their economy, right? Or how they've grown. Uh, which is one is uh, joint ventures, requiring all foreign companies who want to do business in China to uh, form joint ventures with local companies, and uh, so therefore they can transfer skills. And two is, um, uh, what is the second one? The second one, (laughs) they want China to stop subsidizing the industries of the future of, you know, their their, uh, Chinese companies. You're not going to get this, right? So Another thing that he wants is also he wants – to uh, have stop the Chinese from forcing American companies to transfer intellectual property um, in order to into to Chinese uh, to Chinese companies in order to actually be able to have their products there because that's a, that's a big thing that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intellectual property and, tra- and skills transfer. But the thing is, like, China has leverage because they have 1.5 billion people. That's a huge market for U.S. companies. I'm not saying that w- what they're doing is right, but if I'm a if I'm a middle income country like China and I want to become you know, per capita, uh, high-income country like Western Europe. I'm going to take every advantage I can, especially if I have, you know, uh, if I have a large population, which I can use as leverage. Now, Trump thinks that he's going to be able to muscle them by, you know, laying tariffs on, you know, on their products. Mm -hmm. But how, how, how long is that? That's not a sustainable, right? Like how if if twenty percent didn't even move the market, right, and those costs get passed on to the consumer, how much is enough, right, to well, force China to change? I don't think China's going to change because this is like a major part of of their plans for the future. Well, I'm not sure how much um, is being passed off to the consumer. I think a lot of it. Uh, uh, they're they're saying that is uh, being is eating into uh, the company margins. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, China's China's suffering more than more than the U.S. is suffering when it comes to these these these, these uh, tariff increases. I mean, uh, U.S. imports a lot more from China than China imports from the U.S. And right. and, and China, they, they really don't have the bullets to, to really go to war with the, with the U.S. But however, um, what they do have is they don't have to um, they don't have to placate um, companies. 
So I mean, we're talking about communism. So they they don't have to they don't have like the the they don't have to necessarily like have the um, placate uh, politically to uh, to other entities because they can do whatever the fuck they want to. However, Trump has to make sure make sure that his donors, his base, you know, they're they're okay. They're not losing money. Mm-hmm. That's that's where that's where they have the uh, the advantage. But mm-hmm. T, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, Trump's just he's he's trying to play a zero sum game. But it's really not going to work out in his favor in the long run because every time he imposes tariffs, you know, he claims he's, this is his economy, right? It fucks with the marketplace. And it's not really going to benefit in the long run. This, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Rob, that it's not sustainable. And we're seeing it now that eventually, you know, whenever, you know, costs start to erode, whenever they erode in margins, what's the next step? Of course, it's going to get passed on to the consumer. They have to in order to make up that those margin decreases mm-hmm. and margin loss. So it's not it's just it's a foolish game. And as we mentioned, you know, last season when we talked about this, you know, the first time is that, you know, it's just not, he's not the one to, to play this game. He's not savvy enough. He's not knowledgeable enough. It, he's economist. I mean, if your own economist is like, fuck that, I'm out. You yeah. don't know what the fuck you're doing. I'm leaving. You know, and economists everywhere say this is the dumbest thing that we can do. We're playing ourselves. You know, so right. it's just it's just it's fuckery at its best. But it's Donald Trump, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And the thing about it is, like, you know, you're not gonna get China to structure, restructure its whole way of doing business or organizing their, their society just because right. of some tariffs, because they can still do business with the rest of the with, with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, like, I, I even had to start rethinking my positions on trade and was possible, mm-hmm. right? Because I was a Bernie Sanders fan. The reason I was because he talked about the, the American workers and how they were hurt by uh, businesses moving jobs. But when you see, those jobs are not coming back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. the, the U.S. worker makes three, four times what the Chinese worker makes. And, like, mm-hmm. seven, eight times what countries in Southeast Asia make, you know? So those things are never going to... Those, those manufacturers' jobs are already there. The tariffs would be so high that <laughs> to force them to come back to the United States. Um, so, I mean, I think they should really be focusing on, because we are, like, majority service companies. Like, how about raising uh, wages for um, workers here, right? Like, starting with the minimum wage. So, you know, the jobs they used to be able to, you know, support a family, a blue-collar family, they can at least be able to, you know, do a little bit better than they're doing now with, you know, with the current jobs and the wages that are being paid by service jobs. Um, it, this is very complicated, but I mean, I don't, I don't 100% agree with you um, with this because the, the end goal, I don't see it necessarily as, as being China to um, necessarily um, change their ways. It could just be like to make Chinese goods um Expensive enough so that you know um, manufacturing in the U.S. It, it becomes it becomes uh, viable. I mean, we, we've seen it. Uh, just take a take a look at the the steel the steel industry. Um, the U.S. steel they just uh, they're going to invest I think like a billion and a half or something like that in a steel plant in Gary, Indiana, to uh, to uh, um, increase production in order because they see additional demand because of the steel tariffs now. So um, it, it's 
it's it's a it's it's a very complicated issue. But I mean, I mean, but I mean, and it's not just not just U.S. But I mean, if you don't, if you're if you're making Chinese goods more more expensive, then um, you can import from Mexico, you can import from uh, Vietnam, you can import from like all, all kind of other places. So if 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 a, if a Chinese good goes from like a hundred dollars to one twenty five with um with uh, the the tariffs and it's uh one ten in Vietnam then you you t- you take the, the the Vietnamese uh the Vietnamese good, so it it, it really you know, it really just depends. How does that help the American worker though? Yeah. Isn't that the end goal, right? So then the whole point is you know from your point your perspective, sir, is that raising it to one twenty five and then the American steel is one twenty five or you know one twenty five then yeah they're on par or one twenty versus one twenty five you know like it's basically on par. But at the end of the day though, it's even in the steel segment. It's only a few jobs. You know, there are other jobs that get, you know, that are down the road that are being impacted, you know, because of these tariffs, like on steel, right? Like so, manufacturing. Right. They're going to sell other, less cars and manufacturing. I mean, car manufacturers, right? Car, like the whole yeah. car industry from yep. manufacturers all the way to the retail, they're going to be mm-hmm. impacted because they have way more jobs than steel workers. So, right. like, I haven't even finished thinking this whole thing through just because of a very complex subject. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm by no far an expert, but mm. you know, I've just really been thinking and reading different material like mm. if if bringing back manufacturing is not possible at the scale that we need it to be, then we have to look at other things like you the know, industries, yeah. Yeah, the industries that they that, that exist like the service industries, make sure that those wages are up or I think they said in the future, maybe like 20, 30 years from now, we have to go to uh, the basic, uh, what they call a basic income, universal basic universal income, universal basic income. Yeah, what's that? Well, what is that exactly for our listeners? In case they don't understand it, it's like where government figures out, you know, a minimum standard of living, and mm-hmm. cuts everybody mm-hmm. a check. Let's say it's twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, cuts everybody a check, but then eliminates all the welfare spending. Um, oh, okay. And like a subsidy. Yeah, it's basically a subsidy. Just to make sure, like, you, you know, you can rent an apartment, uh, be able to afford yeah. transportation, and mm. eat, right? And then, you know, if you want to get a job to apply your skills or your passion, then that's something that you can do. But I, th- I just think it's an interesting idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't completely thought. I mean, there, there, there's, so, there's so many moving parts to this, but, I mean, mm-hmm. but, like, let me, let, me, let me put forth another example for you. Um, so we just uh, uh, GOP just uh, cut taxes on, on corporations. Okay, mm-hmm. so if if let's say Bernie Sanders gets elected and you know they they um, they increase uh, taxes on corporations, then the corporations will go from like paying twenty five percent or whatever to forty percent. So I mean, wouldn't that get passed on to the consumer also? So I mean, it, it's it, it, I mean the tariffs are, are basically are ba- can basically also be considered a tax also to the com- to companies also. So mm-hmm. if you talk so if you're talking if you're Bernie Sanders and you're talking about increasing increasing um, uh, taxes on corporations, um, then I mean how is that any different from like uh, from tariffs also? It, 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 you see what I mean? So I mean everything 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 would would get would have to get passed on the, to the consumer. But the, the the thought about the thought is that not everything would get passed on to the consumer because you have to be competitive with other other companies um, who who provide the same service or do the do the same product, you know what I mean. So it's I, I can't really fully endorse or fully like or fully um, shit on you know uh, the the tariff tariff strategy, mm-hmm. just because 
it, it just it's such a complex issue that nobody really know and, and there's so many moving parts that nobody really knows like how it would impact like and and what the what the final endpoint would would be if these are if these are implement, implemented i can see good things and, and i can see some bad things yeah, yeah principal, you know like i say in principle mm. i get it that there is a problem right yeah there are problems i don't think, I don't think yeah. anybody denies that it's just that okay now how do you solve that problem right and we'll see i mean this is the perfect experiment right? yeah exactly um mm-hmm. 10 and then by the end of the year he says he's going to hike it up to 25 percent, mm-hmm. and then uh tariff apply tariffs on everything coming from china mm-hmm and by the way, which was very interesting, like when they announced it on Thursday, the market went up by two hundred points. Mm-hmm. So I don't even even Wall Street doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I mean, Wall Street probably assumes that you know um, they probably we reach some sort of deal or something, or they mm-hmm. just like or the, the, a lot a lot of companies are, are thinking just because of like this escalating escalating uh, uh, tariffs that they will just move their operations to Vietnam or, or somewhere else, you know, in the south in the south in the Southeast Asia. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens in the future. So it's this, but, but you're right. This is a very interesting uh, experiment. Like, honestly, it's, it's it's like you really, if you're an economist, you couldn't really make something better than this. I mean, this is real life uh, experiment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So let's move on. Um, so next, uh, uh, Jeff Sessions uh, uh, is a blaming increases on shootings and gun related deaths on groups like Black Lives Matter. Uh, the ACLU and Antifa hmm. at a gathering of uh, law officials on Wednesday. He says, quote, if you want more shootings, more death, then listen to the ACLU, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and other groups who do not know uh, the reality of policing, uh, unquote. He said to uh, state and local law enforcement officials in Illinois. Uh, he says, quote, if you want public safety, then listen to the police professionals who have been intensely studying this for decades, unquote. So, what do you guys think about this? Fear mongers, fear mongers, fear mongers. First of all, where the fuck did he get the facts from? Do, do anyone during these speeches ever say, hey, homie, um, where, where the numbers coming from? But it's just basically pandering to the to the crowd, right? I yeah. mean, he's it's speaking, total, it's bullshit. It's he's speaking in front mongers. of the uh, police uh, association, so you already exactly. know what time it is. Right, you know what I mean? And, and to, to make those claims... That gun deaths are in, are being are increasing because of these groups. That's the dumbest thing. That's the stupidest fucking thing you could ever say. And and to be the attorney general of the United States to make that claim, that's just that's to tell you how incompetent and how ignorant the people in power are right now. Just ignorant motherfuckers who allegedly are supposed to be smart people. This this you know this is America. <laughs> you know, straight up, man. Just, you know, look look at, you know, basically the voters and all the people who are alt-right and all that bullshit. These are the people that you have, you know, as your, you know, the the people who are making decisions for the country that you so-called love. And, and that's asinine, man. That, that was the dumbest thing. Rather than looking at the true problem, which is, you know, the NRA and their lax and them always lobbying for, you know, relaxed gun laws. That's the fucking problem. But, you know, you know how that go. You know, nobody likes to look in the mirror. Yeah. I mean, you know, he would never <clears throat> talk about the NRA, the actual gun manufacturers, right? Right. Where people buy weapons to go kill each other. Whether they buy them legally or illegally, they come from these manufacturers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really what he's going against is any type of change uh, that involves the community. Mm. 
because I think that's what the ACLU and Black Lives Matter. I don't know why he lumped those two groups in with Antifa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to, them, right. they're, to them, they're all the same. <laughs> right. Totally honest. You know what I'm saying? Like well, well, in the same gang. <laughs> Self destruction. Right. But shouts out to Antifa, though, man. But they don't, they don't yeah. even use guns. They just beat up Nazis with, with exactly. fists. <laughs> yeah, right? Good old, good old fists. <laughs> Old, old school. <laughs> old school. They be like, knuckle up. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? But, you know, this is just another way of him trying to, uh, you know, talk to pol- uh, police uh, officers and, 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 and police departments and try to get them not to work with the community, right? Like, to have community, uh, community police standards and to make sure that officers are investigated properly and to stop things like stop and frisk which are discriminatory and have been proven so i mean he, he's saying like he doesn't care about the liberty of the people or the power of the police and he's it's supposed crazy. to be a damn <laughs> conservative who's always talking about personal liberty and the government the government the government the is government. coming for, after you right what's more what's who he works for <laughs> who, who represents the, the the government more than armed uh Parts of the government, like the military and the police, but that's that's who conservatives I like as far as government. That's the only, that's the only people in the government that they like the <laughs> military really, yeah. and police. That's right. That's yeah. really it. Yeah. Everybody else, they can go fuck themselves. So, yeah, I, I can't I, I can't take this seriously. I mean, obviously, if Jeff Sessions had any evidence to prove anything, that he would have he would have thrown it out. But he obviously doesn't. I mean, uh, police deaths that have gone actually gone down uh, since uh, um, the BLM came on the scene and everything. So. I, I can't I can't take this seriously and and I don't want to even like just um I don't even want to give it any any kind of uh, validity because we know it's just it's just political political posturing and pandering so mm-hmm. yeah that's where it is fuck Jeff Sessions keep it off motherfucker <laughs> uh so let's move on to the next story so uh, the DOJ has backed uh, Asian Americans in the Harvard discrimination case. Uh, so the Justice Department uh, sided with Asian American students uh, suing Harvard University over the Ivy League school's consideration of race in its admissions policy. Uh, the latest step in the Trump administration's effort to encourage race-neutral admissions policies. Uh, the Supreme Court permits uh, colleges and universities to consider race in admissions decisions, but says it must be done in a narrowly tailored way to promote diversity and should be limited in time. Universities also bear the burden of showing why their consideration of race is appropriate. So, what do you guys think about this? Well, sir, this was your story. What do you think? This was something that you brought up. Oh, you can throw me out there, huh? Okay. <laughs> hey, take it away. <laughs> All right. Um, first thing, um, I, I think this, uh, this demonstrates uh, to me just like kind of the fallacy of the whole um, – of the whole uh, – um, uh, people of color, quote unquote, um, mantra that we're we're all we're all in this uh, in the same group and we're and we're all like trying to get trying to do the same things, whereas um, it, it demonstrates to me that you know you can have we have certain quote unquote people of color who don't care about about others and but who are try, who are essentially trying to uh, infiltrate um, white in white society. Oh, but one thing. <laughs> The guy who brought this, the guy who organized this suit is a white guy. 
I'm not I mean, surprised. obviously he has the backup of uh, some Asian, a lot of Asian groups. There are some, there are some Asian Asian groups who are speaking up against it. Uh, out of the, uh, Asians speaking for it, out of their self interest, and Asians speaking out of it. I mean, against it. But <laughs> this guy, just to give you a little background, uh, ran for office. I think he was in California or uh, Texas, and he lost because a district was drawn in such a way that, you know, to give representation to, uh, I think it was either, you know, majority black and Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And his, his had a, a grudge <laughs> and a vendetta mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. any type of policies that are designed to help minorities or to help minority representation. Mm-hmm. So if you got, y'all remember the, the case that was in Texas? I think it was. Mm-hmm. University Rice, of Texas. University of right. Texas. Mm-hmm. Or Rice University, one of those? Yes, yeah. University of Texas. And yeah. he was the one behind that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he went out of the Supreme Court and, yep. you know, thankfully he was thrown out. Um, and that, that, that time it was a white girl uh, bringing mm-hmm. that suit. But they were right. able to show that how she was pretty, like, average. Like, there were black students who were not let in who had better qualifications yeah. than her. Yeah. But, yeah, I just want to, you know, point that out, that, you know, this, this guy really has an agenda. Well, what's his name again? Did you, did you, what's his name? Did uh, you say his name? Edward Bloom. Bloom. Okay, Edward Bloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. He's a real scumbag. Yeah. yeah. Well, Fuck su- you, that, Ed. That doesn't surprise me because, I mean, we're, we're talking, I mean, these, these are like uh, conservatives who are trying to, who are trying to overturn a lot of, a lot of things, race, race based things. Um, that, that, I mean, they, they, they support like a whole lot of things, uh, cases that would go to the Supreme Court in, 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 that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, basically, um, I, I just find it interesting that, you know, you can have like a, a communities who, can, who, who will actively seek to, um, seek to uh, overturn things that would, that would benefit African Americans. But then also claim to to be in the same in the same uh, people yeah. of color people of color bucket, That's very and, then, true. And, then, and then say that we're and then we say oh we're 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 allies and and, and all that that kind of bullshit. There's definitely <clears throat> are like uh, interests that are not aligned. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely um, not. Interests that are specific just to each group. Um, um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like this guy, this Edward Bloom guy, bringing that suit up because they always find a scapegoat is black people, right? Uh-huh. But look what happened in California when they passed Proposition Two or Nine. Mm-hmm. They thought it was going to hurt black students the most. <laughs> but what, what is did, what is what is Proposition Two or Nine? They stopped uh, considering race, race okay. in, in, in the, the college admissions, University of California, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they thought it was going to hurt black students, but what he did is, it, like, it sh- up, sh- it shot up the. Asian, Asian, yeah, it hurt white people. To where, um, in some campuses, the Asian population is like forty percent. In UCLA, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) the average is like twenty-five percent in all University of California uh, schools. So you know, there's unintended consequences. And another thing is that, um, like these Ivy League schools, they set aside like a third of their admissions for legacy. So why mm. are they going against the le- going against the legacy uh, admissions? Mm-hmm. 
another right. another thing was like the also the uh, interviews uh, with when it comes to like uh, college admissions, also in these Ivy League schools that say that they uh, disproportionately discriminate against Asian Americans because um, it's more like social, soft skills, social skills. Right. So right. like being able to like you know right. speak to people, whatever, have interpersonal skills that they they don't fare well in, and that that disproportionately they say hurts. Asian Americans. Yeah, I mean, nobody that, wants that's to... some cry. Or yeah, Asians, bro. or just Asians. Yeah. yeah God, God. No, I was just gonna say that's some crybaby shit. If I ever heard that, <laughs> like, you know, they're like, you don't have to talk to people. You don't have to be personal. Yeah, you don't I mean, have to relationships. Like, come on, man. man. To be successful, brains is just one or test scores. Let's say test scores because right. yep. who knows what they, what they measure, right? They right. just measure your ability to do well on a test, and they call that your aptitude. But we all know success. Is more than just test scores. Um, it's hard work. It's being able to be creative. Uh-huh. It's being able right. to persevere. Uh-huh. You know, it's being able to communicate. And, 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 and co- actually, communication is one of the most important skills you can have in life. Yep. Man, being able to convince people to see things your way. Yep. Right. Um, and nobody, nobody wants a school full of bookworms, man. You mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah. You want people that will become senators, presidents, uh, artists. You don't want just a bunch of uh, yeah. geeks that just do book work. Yeah, people of influence, and you have, you can't have influence if you're not like you know you don't have interpersonal skills. Right, you're not going to really like succeed all all that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get like be technical all you want, but if you don't have really have like if you're not able to talk to people, then you know you're you're right. you're only going to be reach a certain a certain level. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When um, I yeah yeah, yeah when yeah. I read the story, I felt the same way. I, I just couldn't understand. I'm like, okay. In college admissions, it's not just because you have the highest SAT scores or you had, you know, great GP, a great GPA. It's much more than that. And when I read about, you know, the whole interview process, I'm like, that's critical. That's real. That can make or break anything, right? And it, when you talk about an interview, I'm like, okay, so these kids don't plan on getting jobs or are they just going <laughs> to do nothing after college? Because at the end of the day, what do you need in order to get a job? An uh-huh. interview, you need, right? You need interpersonal skills. There you, you go. need to be able to influence people. Uh-huh. Right. You so know. if you can't do that... So basically, they already fucked up in life, but they just don't want to admit it. They they're just mad and disappointed that they've already fucked up in life. You you don't you know for, like when you really look at even if we take it to high school right now, they're really teaching these kids now just to take tests. They don't teach them you know life skills. They're not teaching them into you know interpersonal skills. They're not teaching them influence. They're not teaching them things that they will need in order to be you know as we said successful in life. They're teaching them how to take tests. Mm-hmm. And when and even at the high school level, that's what they're doing, you know, in the education system. It's all about the test. How to, you know, the, the you know, being being able to pass a test, being able to, you know, look good in, you know, for the um, rankings in your state and things of that nature. Yes. It's not really teaching these kids how to really be successful and how to learn, or that you process information, or those, or hone those critical thinking skills. And what you're seeing, unfortunately, is a lot of these kids who are just, you know. As we say, you know, for the lack of a better term, the bookworms, they're realizing that, oh, shit, I have this 4.5 GPA or whatever the fuck. Well, some some school systems, you know, the scale is even yeah, higher. I don't even understand it anymore. I don't even understand the shit, but you know what I mean? But anyhow, you know, but yeah. So they're teaching them, you just need the good grades. And it's like, nah, it's a package. When you're going up, you know, for these um, these schools and, you know, wanting to be admitted into these, you know, these top schools, they're not just looking for the bookworm or the person, another rocket scientist. Like, we can find any rocket scientist or person with the GPA, high GPA, but who are you to add value to the community? That's why colleges say the campus is a community. And if you just have, a, like we said, if you have a bunch of bookworms, well, how much of a community, what kind of community do you have? Where's the diversity? 
right? So I just looked at this and I said, it's a bunch of fucking crybabies. And, you know, to your point earlier about, you know, really self-interest of certain groups, although they, you know, are tagged with the people of color, they, you know, they're not, you know what they say, not all skin folk is kin folk. Yeah, and even within between Asians, uh, mm. it's the Southeast Asians, like uh, Filipinos, uh-huh. mm. um, you know, they are again, they are for, you know, certain quotas, right? Or not mm. quotas, but certain affirmative action, basically. Mm. Uh, so it's really just East Asians who are against uh, affirmative action. That was brought up by a white guy. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, you know, and, and as you touched upon the legacy, they never talk about that, though. That's the funny. They don't look at that as affirmative action. <laughs> that kills that's, me with a lot. That's right? huge. That's like 30 percent. That's 30 yeah. percent of the, uh, yeah. the body. Yeah, I was actually gonna, I was actually going to bring that up because, I mean, they, they'll, they'll say that. Um, uh, they'll, they'll say that um, you know the interview process it, dis- it disproportionately hurts Asian Americans, but the legacy process process disproportionately hurts black black people. So I mean, mm-hmm. how how is one okay but not the other? Exactly, yeah. and that's the that's the biggest affirmative action. But they never talk about that part. Because they don't they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They don't <laughs> right. care. It's all, that's who pays yeah. the bills. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Anything that anything that 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 helps black people, then they're they're not for even if if it hurts them. Yeah, yeah, it hurts them. Yeah. Black it and brown, right? Yeah, black and brown. Not black. Black. <laughs> just black. Just black. Like, just black. Just black. Just black. manga. What's good? <laughs> I'm, on a, I'm on this POC shit. Just black people. Oh, shit. He's like, I'm black, y'all. Blacker <laughs> <laughs> than black. black, y'all. Pretty much. Oh, man. Yeah, man. We'll see where this goes. So, speaking it's of, black, speaking of oh. black, uh, the black vote apparently is the key to the Democratic nomination. Uh, so black voters have been have long been the Democratic Party's most loyal constituency. But after turning out in historic numbers in 2018, 2008 and 2012 uh, for Obama, the nation's first black president, African-Americans largely stayed on the sidelines in 2016 as the party's all white ticket was defeated by President Donald Trump and his overwhelmingly white supporters. Uh, Democrats eyeing a potential challenge to Trump in 2020 insist they won't make the same mistake again. Uh, quote, the days of Democrats uh, coming down and visiting black churches and slapping people on the back, saying you're endorsed by ex-official, that doesn't work anymore, unquote, said uh, Representative Cedric Richmond, Democrat of uh, Louisiana, chairman of the CBC. He says, quote, I really believe that you have to have a very real track record in order to be taken seriously, unquote. Uh, several presidential, several potential Democratic uh, 2020 hopefuls addressed uh, the CBC uh, foundation's annual legislative conference in Washington this past week. So, uh, T, what do you think about this story? Well, I mean, it, you know, I definitely, I, I, I applaud, you know what I'm saying, um, the CBC, you know, putting that out there. I think we've seen too many times that, yeah, the Democratic Party has really taken advantage and really hoodwinked black folks, you know. We're seeing that basically, you know, that Every time we were loyal, you know, and this started in the 60s with the passing of the, you know, the civil rights bill and black folks have been ultra loyal to the Democratic Party and to no avail. Nothing has happened. So nothing has changed, really, as much as we wanted to. A progress hasn't been made as much as we wanted it to. Wanted to. So, yeah, it's, it's, they definitely have to be able to show and prove. Why do you deserve our vote? You know, what what is it that you're going to do that's going to make us be in a better position as a people? 
because at the end of the day, it's almost like, you know, they're just taking our votes and then running away and then voting, you know, with, with the Republicans almost. You know what I'm saying? So you don't really know what you're getting, you know, from the Democratic Party. So, you know, I definitely I, I applaud the CBC for making this, you know, known and letting Democrats know that, hey, don't just think you're going you're automatically going to get that black vote because you got to work for it. Yeah, um, you're right. Um, I would like to add also that um, in the primaries in the South, especially, black mm-hmm. people account for like 40 to 50 percent, sometimes even more of the primary Democratic voters. Mm-hmm. And that's in like, you know, what they call the SEC, right? All the Southeastern states from South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi. You know, the former Confederate slaves. <laughs> um, but black people really, like, form, have a huge majority of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and especially with the fact that we saw that a, a, per, a black person can run a nationwide um, contest like Obama and win, really we should be able to demand that for, every, you know, at least one black person um, be on a ticket. You know, or if it's two white people that like they really do have the interests of the black of black people um, in, in mind um, and policy wise, just because black people are going to determine largely who becomes the nominee um, uh, for president. Bernie Sanders didn't. Black people didn't know Bernie Sanders, right? And they, I don't know why, we felt like we owed the Clintons. But the reason that Hillary Clinton ran away with the nomination is once they got to South Carolina and then after Nevada, when they had the SEC um, uh, primaries, after that she was, you know, she developed such a large lead because of the black vote that it was impossible for Bernie Sanders to catch up with her. So I think it does show that, you know, black people that we – we do have a lot of power in the Democratic Party, and we should start flexing it. Um, but at the same time, like as black people, we need to figure out what our priorities are and what our demands are. You know, um, we haven't really had that since like the '60s. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so we have to, you know, like look at what gay people did. They had certain things that they wanted to push out there, and they lobbied for them year after year after year, right? And they finally got them. So there are certain things that we need to figure out what, uh, what we need to press politicians to pass, especially Democrat, Democratic ones. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the thing about it is that, um, yeah, obviously Democrats are the, I mean, black people are the, um, the engine to uh, the Democratic Party, the, nom- the nomination, sure. But, I mean, uh, once a candidate gets the denomination, they're, they're very quickly trying to move, move to the center and, and abandon pretty much anything, you know, really progressive for the most part, usually. Uh, this is usually what, what typically happens. Um, but um, I, I think it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot bigger than just having, having representation. I mean, Obama was in office for, for eight years, and he didn't do shit for black people. I think, it's, 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 like you said, Rob, it's about platform. It's about, you know, what, what your demands are. Um, are you talking about? Are you talking about reparations? Are you talking about uh, getting getting rid of the um, uh, the uh, crime bill? Are you talking about um, um, affirmative action, expanding affirmative action, um, any, anything like that? You know, we talking about like you know police police accountability, all those, all those sorts of things. But 
I mean, those those things are largely ignored by the Democratic Party because they know that black people are going to vote for them anyway. And that's that's the kind of thing that's, that, that has to change. Because, I mean, it, unless un, unless black people are willing to, to say, okay, we want these things, if we're not going to get these things, then we're not voting for you, then I don't really see anyth- anything changing. Because, I mean, too many people are, are swayed by the whole, well, if you're not, who are you going to vote for, the other guy? I mean that that that's what happens every four years. Every four years, it's oh, this is the this is the biggest election. This is the, the most important election of, of your lifetime. Blah 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 blah. You know, so you have you have to vote. You have to vote for this person, even though we're not going to do anything. But look at the other guy. You know. Yeah, I mean, and that has to go with what we talked about last week. Is like um, we have to be able to vote for. We have to push progressives over the line, right? And especially in primaries. That's where it can, you know, that's where, like, we can benefit and um, certain alliances that, that we make as black people with uh, progressives, real progressives, and progressives who are willing to, you know, put it on the line, right, and, and not change their positions when they go to the, to, the, uh, to the, you know, once they get past the primary. And I'm just encouraged with um, the new crop of... Um, of candidates that that we that, we, that we're seeing for uh, the fall for the upcoming uh, midterms, so yeah, we just recognize that we do have the power in the primary, so we can push people to the left. Um, I disagree with that because I mean, even even among progressives, I mean, you don't really see like a black a black a focus on any kind of black uh, agenda, black legislation. I mean, they're not talking about reparations. They're not talking about really a police accountability. They're not talking about any any of that stuff. So I mean, really. So what are, what are we what are we really talking about? I mean, they're, talk, they're talking about on, uh, everything that the progressives talk about. They talk about it like an all uh, 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 rising tide lifts all ships type type of type of policy. So I, I don't really I don't really see anything that's, that's actually even among the black candidates, even among uh, you know the governor, the uh, potential governor for Georgia, the potential governor for uh, for Florida. I, I don't see any of that stuff. Well. The thing is, like, there's there's, uh, policies that that do affect everybody. I mean, they are going to um, benefit poor people the most, right? Like raising the minimum wage, uh, free health care, free tuition for college. It's going to really, like, help out people who couldn't afford those things. And unfortunately, in this country, black people tend to be poorer than white people, right? So those programs will help black people. But you know, like I say, we still have a responsibility as a community to be able to to um, to uh, push our agenda right until it's adopted by the party, like you know the, what they did with gay marriage. Ten years ago, nobody w- would even touch gay marriage uh, unless they were like super progressive. Um, but now it's like it's like a given that oh yeah, by the way, we we support gay marriage. But it took a long time, a lot of work and a lot of organizing yeah you know you know you bring up an interesting um point there sir about reparations you know and 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 that's something you know i definitely can you know um get with you know for the lack of a better term right now It's, it's definitely something that's never on the table it's never something that's discussed and I think it needs to really be looked at. But, but I guess one of the things, and I guess the biggest question that's always coming coming out of reparations is, what would those reparations look like? Is it monetary? Is it you know better schools? Like what did reparations look like? Um, that, that's an interesting question because I mean, 
uh, every year, John Lewis, he he um, proposes um, to, uh, I, I'm not sure what, what uh, congressional uh, committee it is, mm-hmm. but he proposes uh, something in order for uh, Congress to actually, like, do studies, review mm-hmm. exactly what uh, any t- any t- form of reparations would even look like, and that mm-hmm. never that never passes. Like we even t- you're talking about just like even a study, something to even like just study the the possibility of what a reparation would look like, and e- even mm-hmm. that can't get passed. You wow. know what I mean? So that, wow. that that that's that's kind of that's kind of where we are. We're, we're not mm-hmm. we're not even at the starting line. We're not we're we're like outside the stadium. So it's wow. it's 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 kind of it's kind of crazy to me. So I mean, yeah. so yeah, reparations is is number one thing. But I mean, it's not it's not it's a it's a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker for it's, it's even a deal breaker for Democrats. Democrats don't mm-hmm. don't want that shit. I mean, when 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 somebody like Bernie Sanders says, um, "I don't want, I, I'm I'm not I'm not in support of reparations. It's too it's too um controversial." He's not saying it's controversial for mm-hmm. like for like the general population. He's saying it's controversial for Democrats. He's saying mm-hmm. Democrats don't want that shit. It would be controversial. Yeah, anything, every, game, everything right? would be controversial. Yeah. The Second Amendment is controversial. Gay yeah. marriage is controversial. A lot of things are controversial. That's that, what I'm saying. You have to introduce these things, right, and build up enough support to where, you know, it becomes, you know, you have a large segment of the society that you've convinced that this, that's the right thing to do. And then a politician is going to is going to be able to take up that cause. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't buy that at all. Bernie Sanders has no problem. Has no problem supporting. Uh, uh, supporting a uh, not supporting uh, universal background checks for guns, and that and that's that polls at like ninety something percent. He has no problem doing that. Uh, Twenty years ago, he had no problem supporting gay marriage, and that was polling at what maybe thirty percent, twenty something percent, something like that. When he was the mayor of uh, whatever town in in Vermont. Vermont. So yeah. I mean, this, I mean, we even even Obamacare, Obamacare wasn't 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 was polling in the thirty in the thirties, maybe like low forties when it when it passed. This is none of this none of this is about like. Uh, really getting getting support. This 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 is really about uh, what's right. Yeah, but I mean, just because something is right, if it doesn't have any support, then of, like just like what's happening with John Lewis, it can't pass. But but like I said, like, these, these same politicians have no problem supporting things that are unpopular. Well, Bernie Sanders lived in Vermont. <laughs> so Vermont what? is a liberal state. So? He could uh, manage to be pro gay. I mean, pro uh, gay marriage and still get elected. Okay. Okay. So, and what about? I, mean, I don't see what what that has to do with. What I'm saying anything. is, you have to convince people that so, so, re- so, reparations is a good idea. So, what you're saying is that um, if if he proposes uh, if he proposes reparations, then then he won't get elected. Is what you're saying? Because it's not saying, popular. Yeah, it's not popular. Well, a lot well, of things are, are not. I just I just said not a lot of things well, that he supports a, are not popular. Right, but what, but let's just keep it real, right? I think the elephant in the room when it's a black issue, that's exactly. not popular. <laughs> exactly, right? that's what we're getting at, right? That's what I'm like, all right, sir. Let's just get put it out there. Exactly. No. But here's my here's here's my thing. Uh, let, me, yeah. let me let me let me put this out to you. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about we talk about the progressive wing uh, of uh, of this of, uh, of the Democratic Party. Okay, they they have no they they will not. Touch uh, police accountability at all. I don't care who it is, Alexandria Cortez, whatever, Bernie Sanders. None, of, none of them will, will do. They'll put out like like things, you know, suggestions to police or whatever. That that that's basically the, the, the policy. But they won't actually do anything to make police police accountable for for their actions and killing and killing unarmed unarmed people. However, they will say shit like you know abolish ICE. We hate ICE. This kind of thing. So you're so you're 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 pro police. Um, when 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 uh, the police that 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 kills black people, 
but you're against the police that that uh, that detains Latinos. Well, I mean, nobody's gonna say let's abolish the police department. Nobody says nobody says to tell, to tell him to <laughs> well, abolish the police police department. But you compare the two. I'm comparing the two because I'm I'm saying that one he's saying to completely abolish it. I'm saying he won't even say to hold the other police accountable. I'm, I'm sure progressives are saying we got to hold police re- uh, responsible. Uh, like the the guy that's running for Ted Cruz's seat in in Texas. Mm-hmm. Mentioned it a bunch of times, but he, he's not. Bernie Sanders also mentioned it a bunch of times when he was running. Look, there's a difference between saying the, the police have to be accountable, and when their platform actually comes out, nothing in their platform actually holds police accountable. They talk about like, oh, we have to give suggestions to police departments, blah blah blah, all this, all this nonsense that 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 literally does nothing. It doesn't it doesn't force police to do anything. Okay, what would you do? I, what, a federal amendment. Federal amendment, maybe, maybe, those, maybe. Are local, those are local de- police departments. So what? I mean, what? What, 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 what is that? But the DOJ, but the DOJ still has. Um, okay, have have, have the have the have the, uh, the 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 federal have the FBI be in charge of uh, of uh, reviewing uh, of looking looking over uh, police shootings. Right. Why not that? They they brought in the justice system to do that when Holder was uh, the the uh, the uh, the attorney general. Is 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 the is the F- department is the FBI right now is does the FBI. Uh, Legally allowed to to over to overlook and to, to, to look over and investigate police all police shootings. No, they're not. They're not. They get assigned whenever whenever it happens. They say, "Okay, look at this situation. that's controversial. Not all police shootings are controversial." And not every every police shoot every police shooting isn't 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 look isn't looked over. If if it weren't if it weren't okay. for if it weren't for a lot of these videos, none of, none of this shit would even would even like it would even happen. Okay. No, no, nobody would be investigating anything. But I, th- I think I think we're 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 getting we're getting a little little past yeah. past uh, past this topic. But what what I'm saying is that it's not it's not just because you're 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 electing progressives that that's that's gonna that's gonna change anything. You have to. I think it's gonna to... change a lot of things. This, right. this whole thing about we want just black specific policies. It's like okay, first of all, well, <laughs> rep- reparations is not mm-hmm. something that's uh, <laughs> it's not something that's likely in this climate, right? Um, it doesn't have any of that groundswell of support within the black community, but there's real things that we can do. One, raising the, uh, if you raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour or $16 an hour, that means the average person that's earning minimum wage is going to be making $30,000 a year. That's a huge boon to the black community. Uh, black students who are forced to take huge loans when they go to college, boom, then they can go to college uh, tuition-free or trade school uh, uh, um, Tuition free, healthcare. A lot of black people don't have access to healthcare. Okay, so you have universal healthcare and people guaranteed healthcare, health, education, and pay. Really, those are <laughs> those are goals that can help black people a lot in this country. Well, and just I because guess, they help other people doesn't mean that they're wrong either. No, no, nah, but you know what? But when you look at you know reparations, I don't think it's I don't think it's really you know. Um, it shouldn't be that controversial because when you look at other groups, Japanese Americans, Japanese people, when they were when they when they were in prison in, in in the forties, right? They got reparations. You know, Jewish people, they didn't even you know when the Holocaust took place wasn't on our soil, but they got reparations. Jewish people got yeah. reparations from the U.S. too. Exactly from the right. So you feel me? So that's why I think when when I talk about you know what we're saying about reparations, Rob, is that. Why? Why isn't it a topic? Why isn't it popular? Why? And that's what the really the question. Why isn't it? Because for other groups, it's popular, and they get it, 
right? And even if you look at gay marriage, that is some form of reparations for them to love who they want to love. Yeah, I mean, so it, why, was, it was passed, I mean? right? Yeah, it was That's passed. what I'm saying. You have to so, convince people, right? Well, that's the um, when we so had that's, when we had uh, segregation in the South, right? Right. After the after the Civil War, it took a hundred years, right, to convince mm-hmm. people that making people drink from different water fountains is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And right. you had to you had to make it mainstream enough, it, right? And it, you had to you had to uh, affect the conscience of America enough to where they'll say, you know what, let's pass this, you know. Contest of white people. Well, <laughs> really, they're that, the majority. They're the let's majority. Yeah. Right. So let's be real. You know, let's just. So you I'm, know, I'm, I'm not against. I'm not against affirmative action. It's not, <laughs> not against the affirmative. I'm just saying we, saying, saying we have to do action. things. We have. We have to have expectations, and our expectations have to be realistic. It'll make us feel good to not talk about uh, reparations and not vote for candidates who don't support reparations, right? But if you but have. It's a study. A study? At least a study. I mean, shit. A st- I, I didn't know that. So good looking on that knowledge, sir. A study? Fuck. I mean, it won't. I mean, just commission a study. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, and I'm sure they have too, y'all. Let's be real. The United States government, you know, they already looked into it. And their problem is, and this is just me talking off the cuff. They probably already know it will break the fuck. It'll put the country in more debt because they know how much they owe. They can't even put. They just realize it's astronomical in terms of reparation pay. So they were like, fuck that. It's they won't even talk about it. They won't even We're apologize. They won't even apologize for slavery. Right. right. But I'm saying like if you gathered enough momentum mm-hmm. with activists who can um, gather voters, then you mm-hmm. can tell the Democrats, okay, we're not gonna vote for you unless you support this. And it becomes a, a issue that we can all uh, rally around. Yes. Yeah, well, let's start you here know. on Three Kings podcast. <laughs> I am for commissioning a study. I, I'm gonna read up on that. No, I'm, I'm no, why not? You know, why not? Because at the end of the day, other groups have gotten it. If there was no precedence, I would say, well, yo, you know what? I hear you, fam. Like, fuck it. You know, we just probably need to, you know, move on from it. But there's a precedence. You know, even even the Native Americans, they on, you know, and, and we all know this is their land. But the atrocities that were committed against them, they got reservations. I mean, it's not, the, you know, it's nothing to say like they're at the five-star resort and shit. I mean, we know the history of reservations in this country are fucked up. Mm-hmm. But at least they got something. Shit, why not a study? I'm down for that. John Lewis, my man. <laughs> you know? All right. Well, I mean, anyway, I know. It, yeah, yeah, we can we, we've, we've, we've got, we've gotten, we've talked a lot about this. I have a lot, I, I have a lot to say about this. Uh, but yeah, we, um, we, we could we can maybe have a reparations episode or some shit like that. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but, yeah, I don't, um, but, um yeah, I, I don't I don't see the same things same way things the same way as you you black rob. So um, I'm, re- I'm realistic. <laughs> I got studies. I think studies. I don't think you're realistic. I, I no, no, okay. Um, we'll move um, on. You see the homie, Rob. We'll we move on. We'll move. We'll move on. All right. Uh, so uh, next up, um, so women aren't always sentenced by the book, and maybe they shouldn't be. Uh, so people of different races and genders uh, still fare differently under sentencing guidelines. Uh, race looms large, according to a November 2017 report from the Sentencing Commission. It found that black men in federal court are sentenced uh, to 19.1% more time on average than white men who, at least on paper, committed the same crimes and have uh, cr- similar criminal histories. Women receive much shorter sentences than even white men. Um, though the differences also vary by race. Uh, that disparity grows even larger when the full scope of uh, discretionary decision-making is considered. 
uh, prosecutors at least uh, exercise as much power as judges in sentencing because uh, they decide what charges to bring after an arrest. A uh, 2015 study from the University of Michigan Law School uh, found that when such decisions are taken into account, sentences for men are on average 63% longer than sentences for women. Um, what do you guys think about this uh, article? Uh, Take it away, Black Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a silly article to me. Oh. Um, like, of course, women should, you know, should be sentenced oh. the same way as men, right? Like, Com- as a common sense says. Don't people equality. want equality? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. When I was reading the article, when I read about this, I said, oh, Lord, him, Black Rob and T, and T Black, tone deaf. You know, you know we're tone deaf. I'm like, you want equality? I mean, Escalated yeah. quickly. That's all I'm saying, man. man. Really got out of hand. <laughs> I'm just people want equality? Give them equality. Like, okay, oh, no. they should get prosecuted and sentenced just like men. There you have it. There you have it. Um, yeah, the gist of the article was that um, uh, essentially uh, women are considered um, uh, they, uh, when judges when judges are sentencing women, um, they would consider you know their the impact on the family, um, what what that would have, um, and you know they, they take into account like more things, um, you know whether they're sexually abused. That kind of all, all sorts of different manner of uh, things in a person's background when it comes to a woman, um, and it didn't really mention like you know that taking that that, that kind of thing into account when it when it came to a man. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean uh, the thing women uh, they're uh, a lot more likely to uh, be in the household, um, take care of the kids, that kind of thing. So uh, I guess people are. Um, judges are less willing to send them to like extended amount of time on, uh, behind bars than, than they are men because that would kind of like tear away the fabric of the family. So um, I, I, I just found it interesting, but at the same time, I, I don't, I don't think that, I think that taking away the father from a household is, is just as mm-hmm. bad as taking away the mother. I, 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 I think it's, it's patently ridiculous to, to, to say that, you know, uh, one is, one is more important than the other. And you know, honestly, I found it a little um, mm. uh, paternalistic because um, right. um, they also talked about how um, you know the uh, in a lot of situations, oh, the men are like convincing the women to like pr- uh, commit these crimes, that, that that kind of thing. They're they're you know basically coercing the these women, you know, as if they don't have really have free will. They don't really right. have, they really really couldn't do anything, and they were like and. Uh, under the uh, under the guise of uh, uh, under under the thumb of this man who was like the real the real quote unquote mastermind of uh, of the of this uh, criminal organization, and the woman was just like kind of like helpless and she didn't she didn't really know what she was doing and she couldn't really couldn't really help it. I, I found that um, pretty paternalizing, honestly, and it's uh, pretty insulting right. um, to think to think that you know. Um, a woman couldn't really have like uh, a place in a criminal organization. She couldn't possibly like uh, be under under of her own free will. You know, want to participate in uh, in any any crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree that I read the article too and said, "Damn!" If anything, well, two things that came out of it. One, your point, sir. You know, definitely like it makes women seem even weaker. Like, oh, you can't you can't be away from the family. You need to be at home and take care of the kids because you're so, you know you're the you're the, you guys are the homemakers. Stay at home. Like, you know your place. You're not that bright. You'll you'll never be a a drug kingpin. You know, you're not a queen of the south. 
the hell you think this is, right? But then I also said, but then, you know what, also, you know, in this article that was that struck me was that, man, look how my subjectivity is taken into account when sentencing. Nothing's objective. They always say the law, the blind eye of the, you know, the, the, the law, what, what is it? The, the eyes Lady of justice. justice is, Lady Justice is blind, yeah. right? You know she peeking. <laughs> you know she's always peeking. <laughs> you know she playing peekaboo because you, got, you, you got see holes in that blindfold. Hell yeah, you know it, it might be lace. <laughs> 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 you know? No, but you know what I mean. It, it just shows you how subjective the you know the justice system is. That it does see color, and and in this case, it sees gender, right? So cut the bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Justice isn't justice isn't for all. Yeah, feminists have to make up their minds what they want. <laughs> Rob. Rob. He, he's back. He's <laughs> back. Quality or not, right? He's back. He's back, ladies uh, and gentlemen. You can't I want know. both. You cannot want both. <laughs> can't have it all. Can't have it all. <laughs> you can't simultaneously be a strong, strong woman and simultaneously. Oh all right, let's, we're moving oh, on. Shit. We're moving on. <laughs> For different treatment whoa, whoa, under the law. Whoa, shut his mic off. Somebody shut his mic off before we get up taken off iTunes. En- engineer, mute his mic now. <laughs> Nah, man, I mean, uh, uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, boy. Well, speaking of strong women, uh, Khalees <laughs> and Nas. What a segue. What a fucking segue. <laughs> Khalees and Nas, they've uh, kind of been uh, going at it um, recently. So Khalees gave an interview uh, to Essence in which she detailed um, some um, allegations uh, toward Nas. She said he was, like, uh, abusive, um, a cheater, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but Nas, he came back with um, uh, several pages, uh, page response on Instagram where he uh, detailed um, uh, Khalees and uh, her, uh, her abuse, both physically and verbally, and her, trying to, her keeping their, their child away from him and uh, doing a lot of things uh, just for the money, uh, basically defending himself and, uh, and saying, I mean, Obviously, he uh, he said he said that he wasn't uh, the most faithful husband, but uh, at the same time, um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't abusive, and he he did his best to uh, uh, for her and for and for their family. So, you guys uh, saw this and read this. What did you think about it? I believe in us. What a shock! <laughs> what a fucking shock! Shocker. Nas doesn't look like the type to beat women. Oh shit! Do, do you know that? Do you know that type? <laughs> Like, I know, right? Can you can you see him on site? Kalise on the yeah. other hand looks crazy. If you saw her video for "I Hate You So Much" right now, you can't imagine her trying to beat up a man. Man, anything's possible. I can't. <laughs> anything's possible. I'll say no, that. but anything's possible. I'm saying, I, well, I, what I think is like they they should just get into it, you know. Um, but you know, Nas finally spoke out on it because he. Say uh, there's an article coming out on Essence. He wanted to get ahead of it. He gave his side of the story, which is ne- he has never done outside of his music. Um, but, you know, it just seems to me like Khalees, uh, you know, Khalees keeps going back to court asking for more money, more money, um, trying to keep, you know, like using, a, using her child, their child, you know, as a weapon. I mean, I, I think that's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's fucked up. And it's unfortunate that their, you know, business as a couple had to get put out there, man. But she, you know, according to what Nas was saying, man, she, you know, definitely she's, you know, using, the, you know, their son as, you know, not even in the way, just using him, period, you know, and just really using him to get back at him. 
You know what I mean? And that's the worst way that like, you should never, ever, you know, telling your child that God doesn't love your dad <laughs> because he doesn't go to church. Like, what kind of shit is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that was some wild shit when I read that. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's a sad situation, you know, and hopefully, you know, if, you know, they can work the shit out as best as possible. And the crazy, but, you know, and the other thing I want to add, you know, speaking of the justice system, how fucked up it is, you know. He has a court order. They agreed, mm-hmm. you know, in court. And she still keeps the, the son away from him. That's crazy to me. When I read that part, I'm like, yo, you can't even, as a, as a father, you can't even, when you want to see your child, you know, you can't see them. You know, the, the mom can always pull some bullshit on you saying, oh, my parents are in town. So you can't see you know, your son this weekend. What the fuck kind of shit is that? And where's the repercussions there? How come she can't get locked up for that? Yeah, it's, it's really petty. Uh, yeah. Um, so in, in, in seeing all this, it, to me, it, it just seemed like uh, Khalees was mad because... Hit that ass when I moved on, dog. Yeah, so... Um, but... He knocked her up, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shot a club up for real. Uh, but um, to me, uh, Nas uh, has uh, uh, credibility over Khalees to this. Um, I mean, I'm not a Nas stan or anything like uh, like some people in this room. But um, you, you could see, I could just see it from like from the interview that Khalees gave and from Nas's um, his uh, um, posts. I mean, Nas he he openly admitted you know to uh, things he did wrong. But I mean, he he uh, you didn't really see any of that with Khalees. So if somebody is like will openly admit, uh, willing to admit you know their 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 wrongdoing in a relationship, you know they weren't the the right the the they weren't didn't do everything right. Um, and the other person is basically saying, "Oh, he he did it. He did it. He did it. It's his fault. All his fault. He did it. He did all all this shit." Then yeah, I'm 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 willing to believe the person who who seems like a little bit more um more uh, objective oh, when it yeah. when it when it comes when it comes to this kind of thing. Not yeah. only that, but I also like like you guys talked about like um, uh, Khalees is uh, also trying to get some of that Amazon money uh, that uh, that Nas recently got for Nest and. Uh, that Uber money, and I mean Nas is doing big things now. I mean Nas is on the four hip hop Forbes uh, top five now for the first time in his career, I think. So I mean he's uh, he's he's making big moves, and I think uh, and Khalees she seems to like be seeing all this, and she's trying to get get a piece of that. So um, yeah, it, it, it just it just um, it's it's fucked up to me that you know she could like do this kind of thing, especially in the press, and it's so incredibly transparent, you know, the, the minute that, you know, you're, you're, you you go to court to try to get more money, that's when you all this stuff comes out. I mean, when they, they got divorced and she wasn't saying all this stuff, it's only now that she, she's trying to get more money and trying to use this as leverage and use their kid as leverage in order to, to, get, to get stuff out of him, which I think is completely fucked up. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked up. So yeah, pulling for you, pulling for you, goat. <laughs> pulling watch, for you, pulling for Jay Z. Watch when you get pregnant. That's mm-hmm. long yeah. time stressing. No, oh boy, play your part. Nah, say that. <laughs> Chicks is smart. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? For real. Uh, on that note, we're gonna end this podcast before we get in tr- <laughs> any, more, any more trouble than we actually are. This episode might actually not be coming out at all. So this is probably gonna be in the crates. You'll see in those three episodes, three kings podcast lost tapes uh, coming at you in a couple years or whatever when see? all this shit dies down. Oh, so man, after the Me Too movement, exactly, after, after it might be like maybe ten years or so. <laughs> ten years or so, this, this shit will come out. When, so. re- when reparations are on the table, <laughs> so not, not not if Black Rob has his way. I, I support uh, reparations, 
Yeah. I'm just a little bit more realistic okay. than you are. Okay. Oh, okay. You All know right. what? We should have a, uh, a whole episode about reparations. I'm, yeah, I think we should. I, I'm for that. I'm down for but that. But has yeah. to relax. I'm down for that. Sir's going to have on his reparations t-shirt. Now, now I got to relax. You're going to right? have to give him something to make him relax. Man. You see T. Black, when, uh, when it comes to like gay marriage and stuff, he, he, Rob, is, he's all pumped up. But when it comes to black, black people, he, he, hey, relax. Hey, hey relax. Hey, hey, in your corner. <laughs> all, of a, all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, black Rob is white moderate Rob. I don't all care. of a sudden, when it comes to black, <laughs> black folks shit. No, I mean, I support uh, reparations. That, that's pretty funny. What do you want me to say? <laughs> that I'm not going to vote for someone because they don't support reparations right now? No. Because right. you don't even know what reparations are going to look like. But you expect people to, to support it? study. I, okay. say, I, I like the idea. You know what I'm saying? But he, support, he voted for, uh, what's her name? Jill Stein? <laughs> Jill Stein because she supports uh, reparations. And police accountability. I mean. Which is more than Bernie Sanders has done. But let's 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 let's, let's 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 end this podcast on this. So if you want to if you want to send us an email about reparations, please send it to official three kings podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, find us on Instagram and on Facebook at official three kings podcast and on Twitter at three kings podcast. And with that, and with that, and with that, and with that, we're out, ladies and gentlemen. Peace out. Dr. We started out mopping floors, and now we front row at the awards. Number one for the last 20 years. If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers. Motherfucker, scream cheers. Yeah. And it is what it is.